hidden behind closed doors. This is BRB Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Michael, what are we watching today? We're going to be talking about 1958's The Brain Eaters. What are we drinking? Today, we're sponsored by Textile Brewing Company, and we're drinking Peach Dreams Milkshake IPA. Cheers. Cheers. Delicious. It really is. Mm. Peachy. It does taste like peaches and cream. Peaches and cream ice this, cream. This, I was thinking. This, like. thing, this thing is. <laughs> I got to be honest. This I, I I've had this, this before. <laughs> this is a delicious beer. Textile has sponsored us before. They gave yes. me. They gave us beer, Snuggy Irish Red, one of my favorite red ales going right now for our slasher movie special. Check that out. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what number it is, but check you know, it out. Go look it up. They've been super supportive. They're in Dyersville, Iowa. That's where the Field of Dreams is. I played Little League in the Midwest, so I've played baseball and cornfields a lot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's super cool, though. Dyersville is a small old community. Textiles, huge fan. They've been around a few years. They're doing some killer, killer beers. And it's just another one. This is another one. I, yeah. I agree. Like their Red L was delicious. Mm. This. Is like a dessert. Yeah, this is great. This is so good. Seven point six percent. That's not bad. That's it's a little in between. That's a little, yeah. That's a gentleman's drink. I think it goes well. You know, the brain eaters. You know, we've got peach dreams. There you go. Boom. Hey, you chose this movie. My I friend. sure did, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> AIP. Bruno Vasoda is the a director. He was an actor who wanted to, wanted to direct. Probably most famous. He's the chubby, cuckolded husband from Attack of the Giant Leeches. One of those I just saw on a list. Keep trying to do things like movies I haven't seen or I'm not too familiar with. It's 1958, so it's got the the Cold War thing going on. And so you're afraid of, like, we're being taken over and our brains are being infected. Like those commies. Exactly. <laughs> those ruskies. So, and and they, it's funny. I mean, real quick, Robert Heinlein, great sci-fi writer. One of the greatest sci-fi oh. writers of all time. We And we have to mention this. Absolutely. Oh, this is important. Yeah. Because he had a book called The Puppet Masters. 1951. And it was so similar that when he saw this, he said, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> and it kind of stinks because he ended up, he sued them for $150,000, settled with Corman for five. Roger Corman went, I wasn't even familiar with that book, but I do see some similarities now that you tell me. They ended up settling for 5000 but what I think is kind of too bad is it pretty much scuttled. They had in the works, there was another director who was going to be adapting the actual Puppet Masters. This totally scuttled that. So yeah. it kind of, Roger Corman got off easy because yeah. you could have said, you cost me a chance at a hit movie possibly. So yeah. They didn't actually make the Puppet Masters until 1994 with Donald Sutherland. And it's not that good. So That's sadly. too bad. I mean, you know what? Donald Sutherland was in... 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, so he ain't sweating it. That's no, a great, that's exactly. a great adaptation. Yeah. So, um, spoiler alert! Spo- yes, thank you. <laughs> Just super smooth overview of this because this movie is like 60 minutes. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I think it is 61 minutes or something. But the amount of seeds that they have in this movie for 61 minutes—it's awesome. uh, great. Like- oh, this is Roger Corman filmmaking 101. A mysterious cone just appears in uh, in Riverdale, Illinois. Another reason we're having this beer is because Midwest, yeah. Illinois, there you go, is right next. And door. I was thinking, like when I hear Riverdale, I always think of the Archies. 
Everyone does. <laughs> Everyone. So yeah, this cone just appears out of nowhere outside of Riverdale. Yeah, an and, hour before nightfall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good impression there. It creates this uproar, and you know, the, a senator who I I think is like a stand-in for Joseph McCarthy. He's this rabble rouser, this big bully going around. Shows up, and they're trying to figure out. And meanwhile, these little leeches that came from the cone get onto your neck and take over your brain. Yeah. You become a, a like a robot to them. Like exactly. They, they're like it's, they, and it's very much pod, like a pod, pod person. Yeah. yeah. It's again, and that that was one of the big things with the Red yeah. Scare movies. You know, for people who yeah. didn't like, we we're in that generation where we grew up with the U.S. Soviet Union dominating the world yeah. stage, uh, bipolar world. Yeah. Yes, and. Then it transitioned in my early adulthood. People are always afraid. Like, we're going to be infected. The the Russians were trying to do certain things, take over our brains to make us them. Fluorides they, in our water. Yeah, it really was. It was. You look back now, and it was Looney Tunes. Yes. But people who were living at that time, that was some serious stuff. I mean, they really took that crap seriously. They did. Like, communism, it wasn't just an ideology. It was like, yeah. oh, it was going to destroy us. You can't think for yourself. Those people, it was a lot of those people yeah. going on. And they said the same about us. We should probably do like a, try to find a Russian B movie from the era and see what the, how <laughs> they, they <said>. view <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> There's a bunch of freewheeling hucksters yeah, ripping yeah, exactly. you off. So the opening scene, and to me, like I, I think I mentioned, if you turn off the sound, this is shot almost noir-like. It's a dark city street. You see an odd man in overcoat. He's holding something. Looks like a ball of glass that's glowing. Runs in <laughs> to a man. Then a fight starts. That glass falls on the screen, and then you hear this hissing sound yeah, it is it's which a, it's it's that's a sign of i'm going to refer to them as parasites i don't know what to, there's no brain eating in this movie michael they take over your they brain but they're not your brain. they're not eating your it's not a zombie they're not eating your brain well the brain taker overs is not as catchy right. as the brain eaters yes yeah. like, well i'm gonna go with parasite <laughs> yeah. and no, you see I, the parasite apparently it's going into the sewer like i have no it's idea it's just liquid yeah it, it looks like the dude dropped a, a lava lamp yeah <laughs> But it's it is it's sort of a jarring open. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, suddenly, it's just real violent. It's aggressive go, and violent. Whoa, what am I getting into here? What's going on? The yeah. next sixty minutes are going to be just rocking. Yeah, and it sort of is a little rocking, a little. I don't know. Then we move to Glenn. It's a goof. Yeah. Yeah. So we start off with, with Glenn. <laughs> best day ever with Gene Shepard doing the voiceover to this movie. J- Jason, there's a ton of voiceover <laughs> in this movie, and it, it's a cheapo movie. Voiceover is easier than. Trying to sync everything up, recording and syncing. Or you make a mistake and the audio is bad. Yes, so. which is what happened. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a bunch of voiceover that serves no purpose. It's basically <laughs> like watching people stop their car and he goes, I was driving home and I stopped my car and I got out and I walked over and found a cone. It sounds like if you've ever, like if you have a television where you hit the button and it they do the description for people who are blind. Yeah. That's what, because the voiceover is useless. It, it serves no purpose. The voice every once in a while reminds me of Gene Shepard from the Christmas Story. <laughs> I totally see it. But Glenn, the forty-year-old, you know, he's a son of the mayor. You he's know? a son of the mayor. But do you know what I'm saying? He, his fiance. He had just proposed to Elaine. She's a lovely lady. Usually at that time, you're proposing to people in your you know, early twenties yeah. or something. This dude looks like he's rocking 40, 45, somewhere in there. You know, yeah. Glenn's a late bloomer. Yeah. So, but they they do. They find the cone. And they find some dead animals, and they go, whoa. 
Then I love this because we go to Washington D.C. Yeah. Forty-eight hours later, yeah, they got films already. They made a film with a great voiceover and like tons. It, it's almost like this thing has been there for a thousand years, and they're studying it. They got a film made with all sorts of great angles, talking about outside of Riverdale, Illinois. It's already given a name, Project Damper, and you know who's going to take over this? Yeah. Senator Walter K. Powers. He, he is the best senator power broker he is a take charge type of guy he's joseph mccarthy he, i want some action which again another midwest connection joseph mccarthy was from wisconsin <laughs> we got the tri-states taken care of we got illinois wisconsin and iowa i just like he walks in late to a meeting <laughs> and then they show the video for like 30 seconds and then he just basically stands up he's like dude i'm in charge of here and then he leaves the meeting Everybody else is there sitting there with their pipes because, of course, 1950s, they're scientists. Everybody has to be smoking a pipe. Yes, exactly. And he just leaves. And at the same time, he says to his underling, his underling, Dan, he doesn't speak because he's no parrot. Talks a lot. Yeah. Flies like crap. Yeah. What? I think uh, yeah. parrots are actually pretty good flyers. I but see those. He just says, Dan, like, listen, um, put the screws on General Prescott so he won't interfere with us. Ah, I don't. At this point, just meddling. I, yeah, the senator has. I mean, apparently, like a lot of powers. He says the executive branch. Well, I'm, I'm assuming he's like it's the president saying, "Senator Powers, you're our man down in Riverdale. Go and check this out." He doesn't believe there's a UFO. He's gonna go down there and like he doesn't crack say skulls. it, but he yeah yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna crack some skulls. <laughs> and that's the thing, Jason. It's super confusing. Like yeah. his motive motivation changes I really get constantly. Yeah, he wants to know what the hell's going on. You know, he just yells at people and tries to bully them. But, it, you know, you get the impression he doesn't know if it's UFOs. It's not UFOs. You get the feeling he's thinking, you know, oh, this is a Russian conspiracy. Yeah. Those Ruskies. Those Ruskies. They're, they're going to come over and do something. Get, they put the cone there. They're going to take over bodily fluids. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he flies out to Riverdale and he's met by Glenn because... When you're the mayor's son, it, it is an official position, apparently, in Riverdale. Well, it's like kings. You know, you hand it off. You yeah. inherit that crap. But no, what's great is that you can kind of see the powers are all ticked off. Like, like whoa, I don't get greeted by a son. I need to be greeted. Where's my parade kind of thing? My dad disappeared. Which, for all intents and purposes, that's what he says. No idea. My dad just left, and yeah. we don't know where he is. This doesn't seem to raise a lot of... There's been Ruckus. a couple of murders of high high ranking officials and okay. people in our town lately. So you said forty eight hours later. So we're working, let's say, on the three to four day window here. In the three to four day window, a mysterious cone appears. They make a really great film to send back to Washington, and the mayor just disappears. It's almost like yeah, the mayor does that sometimes. You know, he, he gets on a go. bender. He's a free spirit. He's a free <laughs> spirit over here in Riverdale. So they drive, of course, to the cone site, and I think as a prop. The cone, I would say this, the money went into that cone. <laughs> I don't know where else it went. I mean, the slugs, the parasites aren't that impressive. Did you read the story about Ed Nelson, who plays Dr. Paul Kettering? Like, he actually came up with that, how, how to make those. Apparently, there was, like, little ladybugs where, you know, some of the devices where you pull back and they move. Yeah. And he just, like, covered them and put pipe cleaners for antenna. When you actually filmed the scenes, they actually didn't work. But anyways, we're at the cone. And we're going to meet our true hero 
of the movie. Because Glenn... A little wishy-washy. Well, also, I didn't realize at first that he was the voiceover. You listen very carefully at the very beginning. It's clear that he is doing yeah. the voiceover. Dr. Kettering and Dr. Weiler are working on the... And Powers is that horrible boss who shows up. You have a project just about done, or you're getting... The, and they walk in and just blow it all up. And they're like, they're going to do it this way. And then it takes longer, and it's done worse. Because Powers is just going, what, what are you doing? You bunch of eggheads. He doesn't like the scientists. Yeah. In fact, at one point he goes... You science boys get wrapped up in your test tubes to the point that Kettering, they're, you know, looking at this yeah. cone. He's, you haven't been in there? It's like, no, you just go crawling into mysterious cones. And Kettering, what does he do? We both just got a huge kick out of this. Well, apparently all scientists back in the 50s was carrying a piece. And so he's like, well, look what happens. He pulls out a gun and just shoots inside the tube. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How scientific is that? <laughs> And, it, and you're like, ping, 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 ping. Obviously, ping. you've never been in a science room because they're always just shooting. This, <laughs> is, how, always this shooting is how I guns. test things. Like, yeah. what are we going to do here? We're going to just shoot. Did you try a weapon on that The yet? Manhattan Project was just Oppenheimer <laughs> randomly shooting, shooting crap. <laughs> they were able to produce that film, film in 40 hours. Why didn't they send a camera down the tube? This was so, such an important discovery. They have two scientists on a scaffold. There's no one else around there. Project Damper... I don't know how much money they gave to it. Very little. Apparently, people aren't taking this seriously. Well, Walter K. Powers could get as much money as he wants, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm like, just throw some them. money at this. Yeah. Like, help those guys out. Because they're just shooting stuff. I know. You know like, well, we can't do a test, so we're just going to shoot. But finally, Kettering is just, I think I think just to get away from Powers, he, goes, he agrees, I'm going to go into the cone. Yeah. So he crawls into the cone, and he's there for like several hours to the point people are starting to get a little worried. Yeah. And Weiler, well, who, I, he's a scientist too, but he's kind of useless. In the loosest base term of a scientist. <laughs> yeah, he's a scientist like I'm a scientist. And, and we know it's hard to judge the passing of time in this movie. This is a Roger Corman movie. So some of the scenes, they were shot in one day with the lights out. And then all of a sudden, you turn around, you look at the character, it's dark. You turn around again, it's light. So yeah. sometimes I'm like, did four or five days pass you? This is a $2 budget, <laughs> bud. <laughs> but of course, the mayor's back. You really know things are weird. Because the mayor, we see the mayor, and he's sitting at his desk, and he's like fighting. He's again, he's got a gun. Yeah, he got a pistol. Everybody in Riverdale, you issued a gun when you become a citizen. Except, it's like Switzerland, except <laughs> the women. But no, the the mayor, he takes his gun. He's uh, he like he's gonna shoot himself. Something makes him stop. Everyone shows up. This is my favorite. Is when they go, oh, the mayor's back, and they go, and he's just antagonistic. Oh yeah, he, belligerent like, as. All get up, and he's telling he's telling Powers get out, and he goes, "Hey, you know, Riverdale isn't a republic. Yeah. You're part of the, you know, basically the good old U.S. of A." And he just points at Kettery and says, "You know, I don't think you're even you're you can welcome be, in this town. Yeah, anymore. you you're not welcome like, here anymore." What did Kettering do? He just get ornery, and Kettering sees something on his neck, and he goes, "Dude, what's up with your neck?" And he's like, "You shut up, get out of here." Yeah. And then he pulls a gun, and he says, "Why don't you give the gun to your son?" And he assaults, he pistol whips his son. And then, but Kettering has good with a cry chop on the neck. He does that a couple times. Classic hero move. It, is. <laughs> it does not work in real life. <laughs> Doesn't. But the mayor gets shot to death. He stumbles out into the hallway. And I think that one deputy shoots him in the crotch. Like, if you look at the top, he does. Like, oh my God, you shot the guy in the crotch. Which I didn't know he was on standing orders. If somebody walks out of this room, shoot him in the junk. <laughs> Just shooting willy-nilly. You know what? They have guns, but I don't know if they took gun safety courses. Yeah. Well, clearly, because sometimes you blindly in mysterious cones. And sometimes, because they're holding the gun sometimes, they're just like pointing at people like this, like nonchalantly. (laughs) 
they have to do an autopsy on the mayor. And, that's what you do. And you know what? The first, the guy comes out, he goes, the first thing he says is, hey, none of you guys need to feel guilty about shooting him to death. I thought, why do you even need to tell me that? Because the dude was wielding a gun at me. Yeah. It was self-defense. But he, he says, Here's, ah, there's some acid. And like Whatever was on his neck injected him with some stuff that would have killed him. At that point, I would think huge red flags would be going up. People sort of nonchalantly deal with catastrophic news in this movie. I think at one point they realize, there's a second, anybody could be taken over by these parasites. And I would say, okay, at that point, let's look at everybody's back before we talk to them. But they're like, nah, we'll just trust people. Because, because again, these aren't like sneaky. It's not uh, the Wrath of Khan when the things go into your ear and they're in your brain. These are large, almost fist-sized things on the back of your neck. So it's not as if you have to be very intrusive yeah you can just like turn around let me see what's on uh yeah, pull exactly. down your shirt collar yeah exactly oh you got a mullet yeah. yeah it's hiding can you pull your mullet up so i can see the back you know what i mean but when the doctor comes out and says you guys shouldn't be concerned about killing the mayor <laughs> dr paul kenner that guy has a big ego because a doctor is about to say something and then he dives in <laughs> and he makes so many scientific assumptions and takes over the conversation well you weren't going to sit, you're like, let's not talk about anything until the doctor says something. And then you let, let the doctor say like two words. And then you're like, I'm jumping in now. <laughs> well, and, and I, lo- I love the idea that the, the guy's reaction isn't, holy crap, there's some weird monster that can yeah. inject people, take over their brains, and then inject them with an acid that kills them. His reaction is, guys, don't feel bad. All of a sudden, they're able to know three things. One, these parasites attach themselves with two piercing instruments into the central nervous system. If they're removed, they secrete acid, which will destroy your nervous system. And once they attach the victims, the victim isn't human anymore. They're taken over. I'm like, whoa, they learned all that? Just standing outside the room. Yeah. <laughs> That's some good scientician work. And I kind of know now where um, Dan O'Bannon got the idea in Alien, where, the, where they said, you know, you try to remove it, it's going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dan O'Bannon saw this movie. He's like, I am totally I'm totally it. still in this. This makes so much. Oh, this is... The brain eaters. A little punch up. No brains are eaten no. during this movie. No. Anyway. But the cone, they decide yeah. the cone should be guarded 24-7. They send the sheriff off. And he looks guilty all the time. Even he when does. he's not taken well, over, I'm he like, looks like, he looks trust like, that guy. I think his name is Biff from Porky's. <laughs> I, think, I think the big dude's name is, I don't know, I can't remember. He goes out there, and of course, there's a body in the road. The old fake the body. The old body in the, in the road. Yep. And he stops, he goes, I should help this person. He gets jumped by the dude from the open. Yeah. He's got a short jacket. He's like got yeah. a mod look. And, and then the a hippie dude. And a hippie dude. Like Charles Manson. They just like come that. out, beat him up, and they... You know, and you know it stinks because it's like, dude, you know where this is going. They're gonna put one of these nasty little leeches, parasites on his neck. Now, so now I, he's part of them. Now I have to ask a question, Michael. Sometimes the parasites, like when they're carrying the jars, they're glowing. It reminds me of like Repo Man or Pulp Fiction. No, it, it's inconsistent. Okay, it's really. Maybe I think somebody had all the things that had an idea. Yeah, <laughs> they had an idea at one point. And they just never followed through yeah. with it, or somebody just got drunk, and yeah. you're overthinking. Because we're now Dr. Paul Kettering is a lab, which is clearly a children's classroom that's doing a first aid discussion. And his girlfriend, Alice, is lab says, and dude, they're being like really casual with what they know. Super deadly thing. And, it takes and over your body. You're no longer human. And if you remove it, you die. You're no longer Barehanded. They're not covered or anything. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's another parasite slowly, slowly <laughs> making its way over and it gets on his arm this is one of my favorite parts 
it jumps on his arm. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, hit it, hit it with some. She hits it with a clipboard. She takes a clipboard to start bashing his arm, <laughs> and he, and you know, he realizes that's not the way. And then he has to use a Bunsen burner. And he's as an actor. That's a real lit Bunsen burner. I'm like, that yeah. guy's gonna set himself on fire. Well, he was being careful. <laughs> Did he burn it alive? Because all of a sudden it's gone. There's no fire and carbon remain it's just gone i'm like shouldn't they like follow that or, or where did they hire dr paul Ketter? like what school did he go to like where did he get his phd okay picture this you're sitting at a bar guy next to you goes i'm paul kettering i'm a doctor and you're a doctor of what science yeah <laughs> i do science things you go well riverdale's looking for a science thing he goes but then tooting i'm going to riverdale <laughs> But then there's a weird moment because Weiler calls and he's got this idea and Dan Walker, that's Walter K. Powers. Flunky. He's standing over his shoulder. It gives the sense that they're sort of making Weiler. Like don't trust Weiler. Or or they're like, you're making this call. I I mean, I couldn't figure it out because he's got this idea and and I couldn't figure out if he was being coerced into doing this because his idea kind of makes sense. This is just a Jess and Fuel section of the, yeah. the rocket. It's which, nothing which is, Again, is, it seems kind of forward thinking. We're so, not on the moon yet. Yeah. Apollo missions yeah. would go out. Boom. They'd release things as the fuel was just, spent to lighten the yeah. load. You know, of course, on the way, they go, oh, the roadblock and the guards aren't doing their jobs. Old power trucks sitting on the road. There's so many red flags where it's like Senator Powers and Dr. Kettering know something's going on. Why was the power truck going out there? Yeah, the because they need it at the very end of the movie. I know. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's a plot point. They're like, ah. But where they're so intense, like something's going on, they're like, well, we're not going to check anybody. And we're just going to be nonchalant about like how we're going to deal with this. It's really important, but know what? <laughs> Things will work itself out. Yeah, Jason, it's, it's basically this house is br- on fire. Yeah. That guy's got mismatched shoes. Yeah. We need to go investigate yeah. him. You know what I mean? It's like the very obvious thing you should be worrying about is not, but you should worry about this. Once again, Dr. Kerry makes these huge jumps in scientific, like, he's like, these things are parasites. They need something, someone to live on. They tried animals, because, you know, Glenn pointed out at the very beginning, dead animals. They're ignorant. Yeah. They were ignorant. Through ignorance. <laughs> and their experimental trial error, you mean they can think <laughs> we get to a point where they're like we gotta do a search and powers goes glenn you're from here draw a map dude it's 1958 it's not 1158 there are maps <laughs> readily available in the area and i could all i could picture is glenn because glenn's kind of a dope yeah and, and i just pictured glenn like with a crayon drawing like a yeah ugly here's virgin. my house yeah <laughs> Like stick figures, me and me and my dad. But he draws that map really quickly. He does, and and then the ladies. And I thought, Jason. I thought, oh, at one point, I thought, wow, this is going to be forward thinking movie because they go, here are the search parties, and Glenn goes, yeah, man, we should get the ladies. It sort of defies logic a little bit because he says the ladies should go home and do whatever. I would think, you know what, we need to stay together as much as possible because we do know these things are out there getting on necks and such. But the ladies go, dude, no, Alice and Elaine. Say, we're not going to go home. We're searching, too. And I thought, yeah. oh, man, this is going to be these strong women characters. I was wrong. Dr. Weiler comes up, and he's like, you're going to start a search now? Power's like, yeah. And Dr. Weiler's like, okay. Like, it's a weird, like, why he, did he, he even He brings it up twice. Day? He yeah. brings it up twice. Like, I wouldn't have done the search now. I call it the Avengers yeah. sequence. Because, <laughs> because no, because it has, you've got, like, what is it, three 
three different parties. Yeah. And so it's it's in the Avengers, you know, in those superhero movies yeah. when it, when they go, we're we're going to cut, you know, Jason, yeah. and he, you're going to fight your, ne- yeah, your your nemesis, yeah. and then we're going to see your fight. Like everybody yeah. gets their own little segment because they do. They go through. It's like Powers and yeah. Weiler, and you're right because Weiler brings it up twice. The whole idea of I wouldn't have done the search this way. Why not? And, and you and you start thinking, whoa, is Wyler? Maybe he's and, one. And of there's them. part of it too because they lead you to believe later on there's a shadow on the wall, very noir-like, where the sheriff is the seems thing. To be reporting. Remind me of the thing. And then you realize like that's a red herring. That has nothing to do with the movie. You don't know who that is. I think it's it's probably, the guy with the short jacket. Yeah, that's it, what I think it is. But but it is. It reminded me of the thing when the dogs walking around. You just see the shadow of the guy. Yeah. And then you go to Kettering and Alice, and, and, and she says, well, what if we do find something? He's like, well, I got no monkey business, you know, yeah. something like that. And she screams at the first sight of a dead body. And then we go to Glenn and Elaine, and they're just tromping through the woods, and they come upon a cabin. They go into this cabin, and then the door shuts, and we can't get out. Elaine wants to be part of the search meltdown at the first sight she just starts screaming glenn we can't this is like the most rickety old cabin like you could just like lean against a wall and it's probably gonna fall and he drew a map of the city like he should know where this cabin is <laughs> this is where i keep my stag stag pictures yeah. I, that, I like that scene for for one reason is that i oh, was like just one there's someone breathing behind the wall and then glenn just shoots at the door and there's just like there's someone out the window and he just shoots like there's no asking there, the assumption is that everybody who's coming to the cabin has to be a parasite automaton <laughs> as opposed to like because it could have been Kettering yeah Dr. Like, Kettering hey, like, hey, hey, hey you got my keys you know? <laughs> exactly. he does and, everybody. And, and she says breathing but it's clear because there's a specific hiss yes. to the parasites if it sounds like breathing it sounds like the worst asthmatic with emphysema like yeah. somebody's death rattle is what the breath she goes someone's breathing and jason i can barely hear you breathing and we're sitting across the table <laughs> and she said i hear someone breathing outside like what the hell I know. there does seem to be a plan with the parasite they're going after authority figures and trying to cut communication yeah. off they're targeting specific people the sheriff they got the operator yeah. they got the person at the telegraph office yeah. they end up getting the person at the radio station it's like yeah. they have a plan that seems to be really hard to get dr kettering and glenn senators senator powers walter k powers jason he wants action <laughs> action <laughs> this, i mean come on this so they're back at city hall all of a sudden michael and Alice pulls open a drawer. And she's like, "What are these jars?" And Kettering's like, "Don't touch those!" Like out of the blue, I'm like, "Whoa!" Like, settle down, dude. They're just jars. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you know so much. Yeah, maybe you're one of those things. Maybe you are. <laughs> Turns out, big scientific jumps to conclusions. Those jars. That's what they must have put the parasites in and then brought them around to transfer them to people. And then Power's like, now I know what we're looking for. I'm like, so you're looking for jars? Like, well, that, well that, that's going to narrow things down. <laughs> Jason, what I, one of the things I really love about that scene <laughs> is like when it kicks off, Kettering is sitting at the desk and he basically says, we just proved how not to conduct a search. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just... Like, that was a failure. He does. He just, they're all standing. At, it's in the mayor's office, I think. That was dumb. That was a terrible idea. So Powers goes, got to get something to the governor. Got to get, you know, like the, the so state, state militia. 1958, let's send a telegraph. They still did. And at some point, I believe, when Skynet takes over, we're going to need telegraph. They call the telegraph office, and this dude isn't suspicious at all. No. Because he's been, in that monotone, 
pod people voice. Yeah, he's he's like ah, tell the tell the governor. He's like yes, yeah. you got all that. <laughs> yes, I did. And he repeats back exactly what he says. And he's like ah, Powers hangs up. He goes, I did my job. And then the guy just writes everything peaceful here. Spaceship pure bunk. <laughs> and we know right now. In terms of special effects, who are pod people? Because it'll show their back, and it looks like a heartbeat on their back. Like yep. part of their back, something like squirming around, like it's breathing or something like that. Once like, again, Whoa. Jason, if right now, if you just like turned to yeah. grab a book, it would be so obvious. It looks like you have a cucumber under your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you know, it's that's not it's not like you have to really explore too hard. No. So we go from this scene. Alice is now at home in her negligee, yeah. sleeping for whatever reason. Yeah. It's been a hard day, man. Parasites are attacking. It's just ridiculous. You know? And it's Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Because we get Parasite Cam. And we go, <laughs> they put sneak it in her window. She And then the next thing we know, she comes walking out of the building in her nightie. It's a nice looking nightie. It is. And I think... I have one just it's, like it's, it. It's at the 30 minute mark. So we're halfway through the film. It just makes me a little curious because it, I wonder the point of getting her... Because it does seem like they do have a plan of, like, w- there are certain people we need to target. Well, Is like, it to get to Kettering? And why not just get Kettering? Why not just get Kettering and Doctor P- and Powers? Now, maybe it's just ignorance. <laughs> why do Kettering and Glenn just show up and, bra- like, slam through her door into her apartment? I, I feel like I wrote my note, like, something was cut from this movie. We're like, we can't get a hold of Alice. I don't, here's the thing, Jason. I don't think it was cut. I don't think it was written well. They just went, well, we're here, I guess... She's not answering a door. Clearly, parasites have taken over. We just have, have them run over the and break in. Just what, have, what if they broke in and she's sitting there, like, brushing her hair? She's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> now, we're over halfway through the movie. They decide to throw this Helsingman. It took me a while. I had to go look it up. Because yeah. because of the name, I'm like, Helsingman? Yeah. Houtington? What's yeah. his name? Professor Helsingman. What's wrong with Jones? Yeah. This guy doesn't do anything for the movie, and you give him a name like Helsingman. Apparently, he's, he either crawled out of the cone, or he was trying to get into the cone, or what. They're just like, hey, we had an old man. Show up from the cone. First time I saw it, I thought it was Weiler. Yeah, so did I. It was just an, another skinny yeah. old white dude. They find him, they go, he's disappeared for five years. Dude. Dude. Expedition. And the expedition was where? Yeah. It's we, not we, very clear. Because we're... The first time I always assumed, Michael, that was from... Did someone go out in space? And I realized, like, wait a second. We learn very shortly after this. That cone's not from space. Yeah. It's from inside the Earth. And, I, and, I, and I, do, I do have to give credit. Because at the time, it was a lot of space stuff. Yeah, exactly. It was all space, space, space. The idea of something from the... Was it Carboniferous? Yeah. And I had to look it up. That is a real age, but it's not the age of the insects. I didn't need to look it up because I I was familiar with the Carboniferous. Oh, nice. (laughs) Don't ask me a lot about it, but I did know. When they said it, I went, that's a real time. They say, hey, he's going to be one of those parasite people, so we got to tie him down. Kennery has this great line. He goes, what is the secret of the cone? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to pump the brakes bit and say, yeah. damn. Oh, this movie needs it. This Peach Dreams. Yeah, Milkshake nice. IPA, yeah. man. It's sweet. Cheers again. Cheers. Thank really. you, Textile Brewing Company. Absolutely. It's a bit of a drive. When I go back, it's probably, you know, I'd say a, a half hour. It's just straight highway driving to get out there. and it's But it's it's a must. It's a must visit. When I go back now... There's a great little place to hike. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll go hike and then we'll cut through these. It's the Midwest. So there's all these like two lane back roads going through little towns. 
and we'll cruise to afterwards go have a beer they do flatbread pizzas they have snacks they have food it's a great destination point if you're if you're in that area you have to go i like that the cans are 19.2 ounces they're slightly different they're larger a little narrower than our regular cans but you're seeing that a lot people they don't do like the the 32 ounce crawlers they'll do these 19.2 ounce so it's like a little more than a pint you don't have to juice yourself in to like have the whole crawler because once you open it you got to drink you got to drink it there's no covering that's it. that's the rule i mean well it's you know, <laughs> otherwise your beer is going to go bad yeah. so the, but this thing's taste cheers again oh, okay. i'm i'm glad you like this i, I this, thought you would oh yeah this is a very sweet it's almost a dessert beer i would go so far if i had this and a strawberry rhubarb crisp with a nice. scoop of ice cream it's a lot of sugar the idea is take it as far as you can. Exactly. You know, it's like, let's not kid ourselves. This is not good for me. I'm not going to have this in celery. Yeah. That's just dumb. It's a, like you said, dessert beer. Yeah. So you're going to have some dessert with it. Yeah, so a little, absolutely. A little strawberry rhubarb crisp. Yeah. A little mm, ice cream. Sit in the back porch. Go, we just watched the Brain Eaters again. Yeah. Senator Powers, I'll vote for him spend next lot, election. Spent a lot of time with this movie. And I, and I like it. I do like it, you know. So the Carboniferous period, and that's when Powers goes, then it's not a spaceship, it's from below. And he's like, where is Professor Cole? And you're like, oh my gosh, who was on this expedition? And why has anybody been searching for five years? <laughs> Another great little moment is when Powers is trying to, he's calling, it's the old-timey operator, yeah. who you call the operator and say, I need, you know, I need to get to Washington. Sorry, sir, that line is busy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he kind of picks up. I would have picked up after two because this yeah. woman just says it in the same flat monotone. But it takes Powers a little bit. And then finally he goes, hey, hold on there. Give me the water company. I'm sorry, sir, but that line is busy. Realizes, dude, they've taken over communications. Yeah. We're on our own. We're on an island. Eventually, Paul and Glenn go to the Telegraph office. <laughs> this, and then, like, I don't moment of the movie. Like, the goal, like, all of a sudden they realize... Like, just to well, beat the hell out of two guys. There's a narrator is like, the place was dark, but we could see bodies it's, moving It's inside. Glenn. And then the people come out, and then like a fist fight ensues. Just beat the hell out of these two dudes. It's awesome. But then they get up and leave like, well, clearly these people were parasite people, so the telegraphs did not go out. Maybe you should go inside and send the telegraph. They're no. like, we're getting out of here. I've bro. got a much more convoluted yeah. idea. We're going to go get that power cable. Yeah. We, gonna... we need to go back to the cone, because everything is like, we need to go to the cone... Or City Hall. <laughs> the shoe! We must gather shoes! <laughs> you know, the gourd! No, follow the gourd! And poor Senator Powers, he still thinks that he's going to be able to do something. So he's at the he Riverdale a... radio station. and that's <laughs> just a joke, really. Yeah. It's like, let the old man go try to do what he... Let, let him do. Because he has, he, he's going to get on the radio. But the radio operator has a lump on their back. And so they're not recording anything. They're not saying anything out. Why don't you put a parasite in the back of this guy's back right now? You have him secluded in a radio station. It's hey. just him. Like, put like one of those parasites on his back right now. You know who would be a really great asset if yeah. I was a parasite? Yeah, a senator. Walter K. K. Powers, Powers. Who just walks around pushing people around yeah. and taking things. He's got executive privilege. <laughs> and everybody- so, but they got to go back to the cone, of course. And meanwhile, there, there are two cops there, but yeah. they don't have the big bulge in their yeah. neck, but they're bad. And they seem really suspicious. Yeah. Oh, they do. Jason, is this the most suspicious? I mean, you might as well like be twirling your mustache, your waxed mustache. Well, I think they show up to the set that day and they're like, um, we don't have enough duct tape and cucumbers today, so you're just going to have to act suspicious. We're not really going to put anything on your back. <laughs> I just graduated from the Roger Corman yeah. School of Making Movies <laughs> to shut up and shoot. 
these cops climb up in the scaffold scaffolding and start shooting at people and then of course kettering and glenn their brains go we need to go back in the cone the last time he was in there for hours and he didn't come upon this room this time they go in and they just immediately find leonard nimoy with a misspelled name and he's sitting in a sauna like moses big white beard he's like zeus <laughs> totally and it's it, professor cole isn't it yeah and he's part of the group that housing Mindenton was in <laughs> Von Hesingman. Hesingman. Having that, our, that poor expedition. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and he's just going on with a lot of, it's like, quote-unquote, commie talk about, yeah. hey, we're one, and we're going to do this. And, and Kettering goes, well, no will of your own. You know, we have to have free will. Yeah. And he says there's nothing on his back. He is not being controlled by the parasites. He just agrees with what they're doing at. But how? Like, I, did someone else in his expedition get a parasite on his back and say, let me explain to you things, Professor Cole? And he says, we shall force upon man a life free of strife. Yeah. 200 million, we found out, carboniferous yep. period. They've been under getting this yeah. caper together. They look like Brillo Pads, <laughs> SOS and, pads. And they started with Riverdale, Illinois. They didn't start with New York City, where there's lots of people yeah. they can just take off, or Washington, D.C., where there's power. They went to Riverdale, I think they misspent a lot of energy. But anyway, another cop just comes out of the gunfight. ensues. If you ever run into trouble writing something, have somebody walk through the door with a gun. That's that's kind of what this movie yeah. is running on. Because anytime that happens, they go, I don't know what to, where this scene is going. Gunfight. Just have a guy run into the room yeah. with a gun. So they start shooting, and Cole gets away. Somehow the sheriff is down in there with Professor Cole, Leonard Nimoy, and Kettering Glenn, and he's like, drop it! And I'm like, wait a second, he's controlled by a parasite. Why does he still need to act like a sheriff? Why does he just shoot them? <laughs> he doesn't need to pretend anymore. He's like, drop it! We're winding up this interesting <laughs> film. <Yeah. laughs> they go out, and there's some just science mumbo-jumbo thrown around in this movie. I've watched this movie several times yeah. now, and I'm still not sure exactly what the plan was with the power truck, because he goes... And the harpoon. <laughs> and he goes, Kettering goes, I got an idea. Hey, you remember that power truck? Glenn goes, yeah. And he said, you think you could get that and do stuff with it? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> he said, ma, I got a harpoon. Yeah. So they're going to harpoon like cables and then cross things. And it, going on and on. And I went, what the hell are you talking about? The idea is they're just going to like electrocute everything in the car. Yeah, I think what they're they're trying to do is that crossing the, things. That that transmission line that every once in a while you see in a scene is an active line. Yeah, and somehow the power company van has a a, a transmission line that's dead. Yeah, that they're going to somehow connect. And then connect to the cone. And they need to use a harpoon gun. It's very convoluted. People it's, are shooting harpoon guns everywhere. It's just going all <laughs> over the place. And and of course, the moment. Yeah. The you know, climax of the movie. Things are going to go down. All of a sudden, Alice walks out of the cone. She goes, dude, Kettering, yeah. what up, buddy? In her negligee. I don't get it. Why he goes up? Because he knows. Yeah, he already said, like, they are not people anymore. They'll have to die. Yeah. But he goes up and gets shot in his gut for his troubles. Yeah. I do gotta love powers for this yeah. because Glenn is being at first he's a little gun shy. He's like, I don't know if I can shoot, and powers goes, Ah, if you won't, well, yeah, K yeah. powers will shoot. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> and then finally Kettering's going, shoot, Glenn, yeah. shoot. And it's a whole deal. And they boom. Shoot. Yeah. And it electrocutes every because you see all the parasites are starting yeah. to come out. They're yeah. trying to bring them up. That's the idea. We're gonna bring millions it's of a, these up. Because the original parasites were just the founders. 
And there's few in those numbers. But now they're all going to come up. Millions. Yeah. going to take over. And that's, you know. Hopefully if your society's so big, maybe you could put a cone somewhere else in the world. <laughs> maybe not Riverdale. We're the snarky parasites. We're like, do you guys really think this out? Why Riverdale? Yeah. 1,200 people in that town. Yeah. Jughead. Why? Yeah. Betty. Why? Why? We're in Illinois. Why don't we go to Chicago? Take over that. You know? They're like, you guys are just downers. You naysayers all the time. Right? Just well, a sarcastic Gen Xers. <laughs> and it just ends with Glenn and Allison. They're nuzzling, oh, looking up at the cone. Going, not quite. Because afterwards, Glenn says, whoa, there's still people in town. And Walter K. Powers, he goes, I'll take care of them. Because there are people still yeah. with, with the parasite. And he goes, I'll take care of them. Watch my guts. I listen to that. I think that's what he says. He goes, watch my guts. Or my name isn't Walter, Walter K. K. Powers. Powers. He's basically saying, I'm going to go murder a bunch of Americans. Yeah. It's Those are commies. Yes. So, but you're right. They... How does it end? It just ends with Glenn and Alice looking up at the co. It's an odd ending. I guess I feel we like won. they were planning something else. Uh, this is slapdash. Yeah, I think is the way to describe it. Yeah, that's the end of that movie. That's the brain eaters. Yeah, not a single brain eaten. Do you recommend this movie? I do. This is a fun, silly movie. It's sixty minutes. Not that should be your judge. Sometimes uh, it makes uh, yeah. a difference. It, it's odd because if you turn off the sound, it's shot like noir where there's dark scenes on city streets, a lot of gunfight. It's it's an odd mix. It kind of works. The actor who plays Walter K. Powers, like Cornelius Keefe, you know, he's one of these guys who actually made that tra- transition from silent movies to talkies. Quotation mark. Talkies. He's fantastic. He is. He's a blowhard. Yeah. Ed Nelson is Dr. Paul Kettering. I mean, I, I never watched Peyton Place. Eventually, I'm going to have to because that was his big thing. He was a Corman flunky. He made movies for Corman. It's it's silly. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, God, no. <laughs> when you stand back, you're like, what are they trying no, to do? No, go into it just but it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's like it reminds me of a kid on a Sunday matinee show that we used to have here. Like, they would show a movie like this. And as a kid, I'm like, that's, like, the most amazing thing. That's this crazy. This cone, these yeah. aliens. And when you watch it now, you're like, oh, this is just some silly crap. So ridiculous. <laughs> I would absolutely recommend it. This is one of these B-movies that's a turkey. <laughs> I'm surprised that MST3K never done this movie. It may be because it's so short. Interesting enough, I have to throw this out. Like, this was shot out in the San Gabriel Valley. It was shot in Laverne and Pomona. But you don't shoot movies usually out there. So I thought that was interesting. Anyways, I I would highly recommend. What about you? Absolutely. It's goofy fun. If you want to take, like, a more serious tack, if you want to do Red Scare movies, and, you know, go read up. We did the whip hand. I don't have kids. but So I don't know what they teach in history classes anymore as far as... You know, that era. It's like, again, I grew up when it was, you know, you're terrified, like, oh, the nuclear holocaust is coming from the Soviet USSR. But this time, there was all these movies. So it is kind of interesting to watch and go, from that, it's goofy fun, but at the same time, it's sort of serious. The subtext was their ideology. They wanted to come over and take over. And this is how they're going to do it, to make us unthinking monsters. It's a drinker's movie. Every time he says Walter K. Powers drink 
Every time he says action, <laughs> yes. drink. Yeah. Or anytime someone pulls a gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, everybody's pulling guns in, in right 60 left. minutes. In <laughs> 60 minutes, you could be well on your way. So no, it, it is. It's goofy fun. It's you know, it's Roger Corbin, so you can't go wrong. It's it's an hour, so yeah. it never plods. It just keeps going, and you go, what happened? Why is that happening now? Yeah. Why are they there? Why is she in bed? What yeah. what? <laughs> The world's ending, possibly. It goes so fast. When you're when you're, it goes so fast when you watch this movie. You can't question the scenes, but you stand back. And I tried to make a, like a like diagram of explaining the plot. I'm like, well, this plot doesn't make sense at all. No, no, absolutely not. It, you're you're absolutely. If you watch it once, you just go, well, that was weird. And then when you watch it several times and you're taking notes on it, you suddenly go, what the hell? And the beer textile brewing Dude, company textile again. Whoa. I wish I had something to cheers. I finished mine. You can have a little bit more mine. Aw. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I do, do want to cheers. Yeah, let's cheers. Textile. Thank you, guys. I, Fantastic. I, I love this. It's, it's a dream. Peach dreams. It's, oh. They should make scratch is, and sniff stickers of their beer. You know what's awesome? <laughs> is we just have the beer. Yeah. <laughs> we can smell, and the scratch and sniff doesn't give you the tasty tasty. It just gives you the smelly smelly. So... <laughs> One one of my little dreams, is like someday, be able to take you to some of these breweries because it would it would be great because you would enjoy it so much fun. One of those places, you know, so many breweries nowadays are, are kid friendly, so it's like you could take the take the girls, or if it was just you, we, the two of us, just going out. We can attach like cucumbers or Brillo pads to the back of our neck, pretend we're being taken. There, over. Yep, exactly. <laughs> go 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 at the right time of year when the sweet corn's ripe and it's just ready to go, and we just eat pork and corn and drink these beers they're wonderful they're good people man they've been super generous two mo- two episodes so yeah, far that, they, that they've supported us on delicious um, and, I, and i will go back to, i mean I, like i said every time i go back now there's a day cool spot i have pictures of the brewery they let me down into the the workings of it so i got a few pictures that should be out when this is uh released so i think that's it buddy i think that wraps it up please like subscribe and comment wherever you listen follow us on instagram Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our website. This is Beer and Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.